Okay, I'm here with uh, Carl Harrington, uh, the leader of Jubilee Church down in Atlanta, and just wanted to talk to him a little bit about the issue of confronting sin. And, and as an elder, we have this responsibility to guard the church uh, and, and sometimes apply church discipline. But I think the, sometimes it can be difficult to know, okay, when do we step in, when do we don't step in? Carl, what would you say... Uh, when, in, when, does it, when can an elder know, hey, it's time for me to step in and confront this issue? I would say that when you, when you see something clearly affecting the church, when someone's actions are completely contrary to Scripture, uh, they're not receiving any counsel, they're not willing to change, then I think you have to step in. Hmm. I think that when you see it affecting the church, jeopardizing the message of the gospel, um, that person is saying, I'm a, I'm a part of this community, but I'm really living totally like the world with no sense of sorrow or, mm. or grievance. Mm. I think then you have to just step in and, right. and, and confront that. I mean, just maybe talk a little bit about how you go about it, just for total hypothetical purposes. Let's just say there's a, someone in the church uh, who's living with someone that they're not married to, and um, they're a member in the church, and they you you found out that hey, this person's living together. What, how what, can you maybe just walk us through how you would approach that person, and what would you say? Yeah, um, we've had to act, address that not in Atlanta but in Lee Summit. Now that was with two people who became Christians, wanted to be part of the church, and were living together and weren't married. And we actually just talked to them about this, not as sin in their life, but here's what the Bible says about marriage. Mm. Now, they they got married, mm. and um, we just had a service in, uh, in the office, uh, the church office. But I think you had someone in the church, you discovered they were living together, uh, they weren't married. I think you'd sit down and talk with them. I think the message of grace and... Um, how the Bible tells us to approach people. We don't come in heavy-handed. We come in with a spirit of gentleness and meekness. I think the way you approach that is, you know, this is what we've heard. I think you verify the facts. Is this what's going on? Uh, I think you appeal to them from the Scriptures and give them an opportunity to respond. I don't think you walk in at the moment and just say, okay, that you have to respond this way or else. I think um, you want to pastor people through that you want to model for the people that know about that you want to cover um you want to cover their sins so to speak so i think you approach it with a standpoint of you know what's going on here why are you guys doing this do you understand what the scripture says now if they get to the place where yeah we know what the bible says we don't really care we know this is contrary to scripture then I think you have to take more action. But I think initially you just you approach it from a standpoint of, of helping them and discovering what's going on, why it's going on. Mm. So what, I mean, so you, if they don't respond, like if they just like, um, you know, they say, well, or let's just say they initially respond and say, okay, well, yeah, we'll, we'll pray about that and we'll do that. But they actually don't follow through. Like they, they just keep, they keep doing, I mean, what do you, how do, how do you handle that situation? Well, I think the the ultimate answer is you you actually say to them, we would not cons- we don't consider you part of the church anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, Paul's Paul 
says, you know, you confront sin, but your purpose of doing that is, is actually you want to see that person repent. And I think there's a benefit of being a part of the community. There's, there's relationship, there's support, there's prayer. Um, and, and I think you then have, you actually come and say to the person, listen, because of your choices, because of your, because of your sin, this is what it is, this is what the Bible teaches, and your unwillingness to repent, we, we have no choice but to remove you from the body. And we, we no longer consider you part of, of, of this community. Talk, talk us through just a little bit because I think sometimes as a, a leader, especially if you're, um, you know, you have the gift of a pastor, I mean, that sounds like you're really hurting the person. What, what do you, how would you respond to that from a biblical perspective? Is, is that hurting the person or how does that help the person? Yeah, well, I think it's interesting. I think um, there's, I read a book years ago about uh, a shepherd and one of the things it talks about if there's a lamb who won't stay with the flock, that shepherd actually will take his rod, break that lamb's leg, and then carry that lamb until that leg heals. Now, breaking its leg is not something that we would consider um, caring for the animal, but the reason he does that so is so the sheep, if the lamb lingers off, he knows that... that a wolf or some creature will will kill that animal, mm. and so it's kind of like disciplining your kids. There, there is some pain that that you bring discipline into their life, so that there's not greater pain down the road. And so I think sometimes when we do things that are caring, does bring pain into that person's mm. life, but it, it is to avoid greater pain mm. uh, down the road. I, I want to stay on this subject, but just kind of, kind of change to maybe a different sin, if you will, because I think there are some sins that it's obvious. It's like, okay, somebody's sleeping with someone they shouldn't be, or they're, they lied, or they're stealing, or whatever. They're, but there, there seems to be some, I think, sins out there that, for whatever reason, we just, I think leaders were tempted just to let linger on what are some of those issues that you that you see church leaders let linger that they shouldn't let linger well i'd say the biggest one would be a person who gossips or brings division in the church it tells us in titus that you warn a divisive person once then a second time and you have nothing to do with that individual and i think in the church uh, it's it's fairly common for people to gossip yeah and so it's like we've accepted this because of whatever reason, but I think that one particularly, uh, it, tell, it says, if, you know, if you bring a charge against an elder, mm-hmm. do it in the presence of two or three witnesses. Mm-hmm. And so I think those are things that people may commonly do, but there doesn't seem to be any type of, oh, this is something, this is, we shouldn't conduct ourselves this mm-hmm. way, and it's detrimental to the, to the body. What's the, what is the danger? I mean, if you, if, I mean, because uh, we get, we, we know the danger of approaching the person about that issue. We could offend them. We could cause problems. It's a headache. I got enough to do. I don't want to deal with this problem. But, I mean, just what are the dangers of doing nothing? Well, I think the dangers of doing nothing is that you actually allow this person to affect other people who don't necessarily have the same motive as that person. But 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 this action, I mean, that's why the Scripture says, hey, you divide, you you." 
you warn a divisive person. A divisive person can actually come alongside someone who's not divisive, but share information with them and actually influence them in a way they become divisive, but it's not really their heart. And particularly as elders, we have the responsibility to guard the flock. I mean, Paul commands the Ephesian elders, you guard the flock, there's wolves among you. And so I think that um, we have to to take that quite seriously and we have to be on guard when there's things that are bringing division because Jesus actually says, hey, if you will love one another like the Father and I do, if there's unity within, within the community like there is with us, it actually communicates to the world that the Father sent Jesus. Right. And so God places a high priority on unity and the enemy is really good at bringing division. Right. It's so helpful for us to hear, hear Carl, because I think particularly for some of us younger leaders, I mean, we want to go plant churches, we want to reach the city, we want to grow our churches, and we think that's what being a leader is all about. But really, there's this great mandate for us to guard the flock and to, and to, and to point out sin, as painful as it's going to be. You know, we, like you're saying, we've got to point it out for the good of the church, but also for the good of the person, because we want to do it in a gracious, gentle way to see them restored back into fellowship with God. So, Absolutely. Well, I appreciate your time, Carl. Sure. Thank you very much. Yep.